tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, America. Today is August the 20th, 2014. This program has uh, been requested, as a matter of fact, by a number of you. I understand better than anyone what it is like to have people that are very near and dear to you and to lose them. Loss, be it death, be it um, divorce, even separation is never an easy thing for one to deal with. As a matter of fact, it's beyond debilitating. It is also a season in which no man or woman has the capacity or the ability to just do business as usual, to act as if nothing is wrong, to play like everything is just everything. Loss is never easy. As a matter of fact, it is quite difficult. And if you're experiencing such a difficulty at this point in your life, I want you to rest assured that today of all days, we're going to be able to help you to do something about that. I've been where you are. I know what it's like to bury almost everybody you love. And in my case, uh, just as recently as May, my granddaughter lived to be one day old. She passed away. Um, Watching my daughter and uh, Oliver, who is just like a son to me, go through this, uh, it it cut me deep. I buried my mother, uh, buried my father. And doing these things, especially when you're an only child, has a debilitating effect on the human condition, it makes you wonder is, you know, do I even want to try? Do I want to get up today? Is it even worth my time uh, right now to persevere and to push forward? Is this a season in my life that I will survive? These are just common questions that on a day-in, day-out basis we ask ourselves when we deal with loss, especially from someone whom we really were connected to, you know, like a parent, a best friend. Um, You know, people, I've even watched people, and this is so cruel, folks, but people lose pets, and the loss, especially when that was your only friend or companion, the loss of a pet is devastating. So you can imagine what it's like when we lose people. I want you to ask yourself right now, or, or better yet, let's go ahead and do what I you know You already know I'm going to tell you, get your pen and paper out. So go ahead and get a pen and paper out right now so we can talk about this in a detail that is beyond common. Uh, before I even uh, begin, I want to uh, dedicate this show to all of you. I have one person in mind right now, Eleanor Marsh, who is a client of mine and friend, and her husband, she lost her husband, Tim, to cancer. So I uh, definitely want to send a shout-out to Eleanor and to the rest of the family, and I want you guys to know that uh, it's one thing when we lose a loved one, and that loved one is um, an elderly person. Not that that makes it any easier because that's your mama, you know, that's your daddy. It doesn't get easier. As a matter of fact, at times uh, prior to losing someone, and, and if you're – in the process now of dealing with a relative that has cancer or that has HIV or AIDS, this is definitely one of those times that uh, you might want to call the other members of your family that aren't as strong as you, the ones that are having a difficult time holding it together right now. Those are the people that really need to be listening to this program. Um, separation anxiety is never, ever an easy thing. 
I know personally, and and I've said that just a couple of times, but I know personally that it can break you. I mean, literally, it can decimate you. It can take you to a place that you didn't even know you were capable of going to. All of a sudden, you're just sitting there, and the right music comes on the radio, or you see something on TV. You smell. I mean, it gets so deep, ladies and gentlemen, that even uh, the fragrance in the air. It could have been the perfume your loved one wore, or it could be uh, you could smell somebody cooking something, and and don't doesn't matter what it is. At the end of the day. All of these things are debilitating in nature. All of these things just rip us to the core. They tear a hole in our hearts. I want you to understand that it's okay. I was one of these people that seldom, if any time, would you find me sitting somewhere crying. However, this last, I guess is maybe not even a, a good week ago. Well, no, no, that's not true. It's maybe a month or so ago. I'm in Atlanta, uh, and I, I'm with my daughter, my oldest daughter, the one that just lost the baby. We And I said, I want to take you to Stone Mountain today. And it was a surprise. She didn't, she didn't even know I was in town. And um, long story short, when I got there, she was not in. She wasn't in good spirits. And, and you know, as a clinician, I know for a fact what's going on. You know, the poor girl had been in the hospital with my granddaughter. Uh, her water broke at five months, and uh, she was in the hospital trying to keep a baby. And so the first time that she leaves that hospital. She leaves it to go make funeral arrangements for her child, her first and only child that, you know, and she got to hold the baby. And all of this happened. So long story short, my daughter's not wanting to be outside had little, if anything, to do with her not liking being outdoors. That absolutely had very little to do with anything. The truth was being outdoors for her, was associated with leaving that hospital and making writing out a funeral program and making plans to bury my 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 one my granddaughter. Uh, needless to say, that hurt. You know that hurt every one of us deeply. And I'm saying all that to say this to you, the listener. Sometimes you have to hurt before you can heal. I'm going to repeat that again. Sometimes you have to hurt, literally hurt, before you can heal. And when these things are going on in your life, seldom does anybody know what to say or do to move you past it. As a matter of fact, most people walk up to you and just say something really stupid. They come uh, to you and say something so damn foolish, like, well, you know, they lived a good life. Or if you're going through a divorce and it's somebody that's not dead, but they're dead to you, um, you know, there, there's, um, there's this part of you that, for lack of a better choice of words, wants to slap the you-know-what out of this person because they're saying something that is just straight-up stupid, like, well, I know how you feel. No, no, you don't. You don't know how people feel. You don't understand that for someone that spent 20 years, 15 years, or they could have only known this person a few weeks, but the relationship was at such a level of value that the person was touched. I've seen... um and many different environments, because all the stages of grief are the same. I don't care if you're getting a divorce, and you're, and the reason it's over with is your husband's been cheating on you, or your uh, significant other has been just doing you every way but right. All of those things have a debilitating effect. I, if you are watching your child, God forbid, I watched a nine-year-old die from leukemia. It took everything out of me. It just, I didn't want to eat. I couldn't sleep. I've talked to ladies and men who have lost 
a, a spouse or a significant other. I've even had people come to me and say, Dr. Young, my best friend died, and I'm thinking it's a person, it's an animal, it's just a dog, it's a bird. But when you don't have a life and when you don't have someone there to comfort you, you would be very shocked to the depth and to the core how things hurt people. So if you're one of the people that's going through that right now, I want to say to you, don't hold it in. Whatever you do, don't hold it in. Go somewhere and cry your butt off. I'm a grown A man. You know what I you know what the A means, right? That's not my last name, but just I'm a grown man and I'm going to tell you. I have uh even in recent times cried. Some of us are crying right now because we've been betrayed. Some of us right now are upset and hurting because people that we trusted backstabbed us, that they did something to us that was an egregious act, and we go, how in the hell could you do that to me? Why would you cheat on me? Why would you go post stuff on the Internet about me that you know is a lie? Well, I'm going to tell you. I was talking to um, T.D. Jakes years ago. And talking about being successful, and I was nowhere near where God has taken me today. I, there, I wasn't Dr. Young. I wasn't all over the radio and television. I wasn't emceeing shows with uh, my friend Tony Terry for the Jacksons. I wasn't doing any of that. I was a regular guy that was wondering, why in the hell, why me? Why is this mess happening to me? And I was looking at Bishop Jackson, and I, he said, let me tell you something. Son, with new levels come new devils. And when it is time, when it's your time to go to that next dimension of your existence, to go to another level, you have to put your big girl panties on or your big boy boxes on and step into it and own it because God has brought you to that place in your existence because it is time for transformation. I want you to hear this, dear one, and please pay attention to what I'm going to tell you. Every day is a new day. It's a new beginning, and stay away from what might have been and look at what can be. I'm going to say that again. I don't care if you're going through loss right now because you just found out your baby daddy got another woman or had another woman or you just found out that uh, your wife or your husband or fiancé or girlfriend has a terminal illness or your child. I don't care if it's your friend betrayed you and you're feeling some kind of way. It's all good. Every day, especially this day, You're not listening to this show by accident right now. God had you tune into this program. For some of you, you've never heard this program a day in your doggone life, but you're listening to it right now because you're meant to. This was not an accident. You're supposed to hear some things that you were not going to hear until it was the appointed time, and this is that time, dear one. I want you to know for a fact without a shadow of a reasonable doubt that the very things that are um, grieving you, that are hurting you, that are almost taking you apart, it's it's happening for a reason. And, and you're probably going, if God is so good, Dr. Young, why am I feeling so bad? Why am I hurting Why am I dealing with pain, dealing with loss? Why? Well, I'm going to tell you why. God could trust you with it. This is the time that you can uh, do something about it. You You don't have to suffer anymore. You can actually move forward. This is a season in your life that you don't have to hold your head down. If anything, hold your 
head up and cry out, cry loud. This is your moment to be the essence of what you are. And that's a human being. You came to this planet willfully so. It wasn't an accident that you got here. You didn't just, uh, you know, you weren't just floating around the cosmos and all of a sudden you find yourself on planet Earth. That's not how this works. Going back to my girl, that's not how any of this works, baby. What, what you're dealing with right now is there to make you stronger. It's there to help you be better than you've ever been, to go further than you've ever gone, to feel things that you've never felt before. These things are being allowed in your life for a purpose, and that purpose isn't to torment you. You may at this stage of the game feel like, what does God have against you that you have to be in this situation feeling the way you're feeling right now? But I'm here to tell you, all of it is working for your good. So I'm going to repeat what I just said. Every day, especially this day, is a new beginning. Stay away from what might have been and look at what can be. So I told you to get your pen and paper out, so let's go there right now. Let's look at this thing. What can be? Since right now you just found out that that spouse of yours has betrayed you and that you've loved them for 10 or 20 minutes, maybe for some of you 10 or 20 years, let's ask ourselves, you know, what, okay, what, what's, what is God showing me in this right now? What am I learning about me? If, you're, if you just left somebody's funeral a few days ago or you're going or you know that in the next few months you will be at somebody's services, hell, let me tell you something. Don't get so caught up on them checking out because your butt might beat them to the punch, but that's another show. Let's examine this thing and let's think about this thing and let's ask this question, why Am I here right now? What is it that God is teaching me? What is it the universe is summoning me to witness? Why am I the person that is the witness to this event? And I'm witnessing this with my child. I'm witnessing this with my brother, my sister, my loved one. Why am I witnessing myself fall apart because I've given everything I had to give to what I believed in. See, sometimes we're not crying over people. We're crying over circumstances. You know, you think your problems have to do with money. Let me tell you something, baby. Money can't fix everything, and when you have a money, a problem that money can't fix, look, look I'm going to say it the way the old people used to say it in the country down in Texas. Child, look here. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? <laughs> you know, keeping it real with you. There are some things going on in and around you that you're witnessing for three different reasons. One, you're watching someone else suffer to see how to do it with honor. Two, you're watching what's going to be a a piece of your own existence sooner or later. Put it another way, we're all going to die. I know some of you don't feel like you are, but I'm telling you, yes, you are. (laughs) Some of us are in a situation because we put ourselves in it. I've had a few clients, not just one or two, but a few, that have come in my office and they have allowed men or women to just go in and out of their lives to the point this mess has been going on now for two or three years, five years, even with some people, ten years. And, and, and like most people and most of you, because, you know, I'm, I'm just going to tell the truth, as a professional, I understand it, but I want to ask them, what in the hell are you letting somebody treat you like that for? Are you serious? You deserve better than that. And when these people are going through what I call debilitating pain. It's always easy to look from the other side of the room and tell somebody what they should have done and how they should react. And, you know, if, and if, if you were them, what you would do. But you're not them, and you don't know, and you've never been through this. But today, 
Now you're stuck in the middle with you, aren't you? Now you're sitting there. You're in a room full of people, but you feel alone. It's nighttime, late in the midnight hour. All day long, you've been all right because you had something to occupy occupy your time. But see, right now, it's 12 o'clock, tick-tock, 12 o'clock. Your heart is beating a little faster than it should. You got a lump in your throat and you're crying, wishing that you could say what you didn't say, do what you didn't do. You want, or you're sitting there wondering, you know, why, why did this happen to me? I'm going to tell you all something. The other week, you know, I have companies that uh, monitor things for me, uh, everything from Internet to whatever. And somebody put out an accusation, a very false accusation, and it, it came to me. And I was pissed off. I mean, I was pissed. You feel me? And God, I, I said, Lord, I don't do nothing but try to love and help people. Why would some fool do something like this? And I know it's either an ex-employee or probably my competition. And God showed me, he said, you know, where, I, where I'm taking you, you got to have some thick skin. You know, you can't talk to millions of people. Like right now, there are millions of you listening to this program right now. There are people that are in Australia and in Barbados and in the United Kingdom, Canada. They're listening to this program. Some of my, my dear loved ones over in the Gaza Strip and in, the, in Israel, you know, these people are caught up in some, in some politician's agenda. Innocent people are dying. Children are being maimed and paralyzed all because of some asshole sitting in an office somewhere. I want you to know that what you're going through right now serves a purpose. So first, I tell you to get your pen out, and I tell you, write down what is the purpose of what I'm going through. Yeah, I don't want you to answer that. I just want you to write it down, and I want you, after this show is long off the air, I want you to think about what is the purpose for me going through this right now? Why am I hurting? What am I supposed to learn from this? Am I supposed to learn not to trust anybody ever again in my life? That's not what God's trying to teach you. So if somebody hurts you, that's not what God's trying to teach you. He's not trying to teach you to be bitter and walk around looking like a shaved Halloween cat or a scorched cat. That's not what time it is. Ask yourself, am I learning through the loss of my mother, my father, my dear friend, that I've been taking time and people for granted, which that's a big lesson for a lot of you. Yet tomorrow is not promised. The reason why you are allowed to lose your loved one is because you you are being warned, you know what, there's still some people that you need to say I'm sorry to. There's still some folk out there that you need to call and say, you know what, I love you. I love you more than you know. I know I don't tell you this all the time, and I take the time I spend with you for granted. Some of you right now are learning this because God has sent someone new in your life. And this new person, they're not full of crap. They love you. They care about you. God sent you what you needed, but your behind is so busy living and holding on to the pain of separation and to the anger that you have about being betrayed. And when I say being betrayed, many of you feel betrayed by someone that died. You feel like, why did you leave me now, Mama? Why did you leave me now, wife? Why'd you leave me now, husband? Why did this little jerk kill my child? Why is my son dead? My Last week I was laughing and talking with my daughter of my son, and now they're gone. Somebody took them from me. Well, I'm here to tell you something. God only removes things from your life when he's ready to have your undivided attention. A lot of you, Yes, you, I'm talking to you. You've been mad at God. You've been mad at God. You're mad at your own creator. 
You, and and I, I'm going to tell you, don't feel alone. I've been pissed off at him more than once myself. I have sat there and said, you know what, when Mother died, I, I'm going to take you there right quick. I'm sitting in the house, and I find a note that she scribbled. My mother had macular degenerative disease, meaning you can't see. And she's and I it, shortly prior to finding this note, I became very aware that everything had been embezzled by caregivers and a couple of my slimy dad's relatives. Not my slimy dad. My dad was a beautiful man. My relatives were slimy. Let me correct that. And these people created a fault, a power of attorney, forged it, and drained out five bank accounts. So now I have to bury my mom and don't have the money. Now, now that wouldn't bother me if I was always broke, but the, my issue was I had $300,000 in four bank accounts that they had drained out over a year and a half under, right under my nose. The same people that were helping me to wipe my mother's behind and care for her prior to her leaving here are the same folks that did this to me. So I get a phone call. I can't bury my mother. She's body's at the funeral home there for a co- almost a week. And they called me and said, well, doctor, well, I wasn't Dr. Young. They said, Mr. Young, we need you to bring some panties, a bra, and a slip, and a camisole, and some stockings to bury your mother in. And, you know, I didn't, I'm like, what? So in the process of getting this call, I'm like, okay, I open my mother's closet, and there I see two dresses that she had picked out, and it dawned on me mother had picked out the dresses she wanted to be buried in because those were our only two dresses in that closet. I mean, three dresses in the closet. And I, I had taken one up there that I picked out, and next thing I know, y'all, I was laying on the floor. I woke up, I guess I fainted five hours later. I was in a little tiny closet, shoe closet my, that was in my, in my mother's bedroom. And I, I remember day in and day out for weeks, even going almost into years later, I felt like if I'd only moved her to Houston, because I was a senior in pre-med at University of Houston, and I would beat myself up. Oh, back to the note. The note said, uh, here's what the note said. And it said, I know that if you found this note, I'm probably gone. I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that cut me to the core. And then the note father went on to explain that the reason why I didn't tell, no, she said, by now you know what they've been doing and what's happened, and I'm so sorry. Now, I'm reading this with elephant tears in my eyes, snot running out my nose, and it says, I didn't tell you because I knew what you would do. I did not want you to throw your life away because my life, baby, was pretty much over. And I know that you are a brilliant boy and that you're going to be all right. I mean, while I'm telling you this, I've got a lump in my throat. So after reading that, day in and day out, I sat in that house wanting to go kill these people. I ain't going to lie. I sat in the house saying, if I had done that, and maybe had I not, maybe maybe if I just, mother, you know, when that's, you're an only child, that's your mama, you want to stay her child. You don't want to take over and say, mama, look, you know, I'm moving you to Houston. You know, you there's this part of us that always wants to be our parents' child. So what I'm saying to you right now is that there's a part of you that always wants to be somebody's wife, somebody's daughter somebody's girlfriend, somebody's husband, somebody's son, and when the time in life comes, some of you want to be somebody's friend. You want to keep the same folks with you that started with you. I'm here to tell you you can't. You can't 
As life evolves and changes, you're going to have to change too. You must get yourself in the position to understand that blaming everything from the doggone wind blowing to being angry with people that are trying to help you, you know, you may have loaned somebody some money. Now you're mad because they can't pay you back, and somebody died or uh, went to the hospital to let you know, don't worry about the money. It wasn't your money no way because when you die, you, gonna, you ain't going to have it. You can't take it with you, boo. It, you may have had someone betray you, sleep with your sister, your brother, your, your mate, your lover, whatever, and now somebody has died or now somebody is leaving your life, they're still alive, but they're leaving your life, there's a reason for that. It's because it's a new season in your life. And I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. As a matter of fact, I'm going to play a little something by my buddy Brian Courtney Wilson. Um, I love this dude so much. If you need to get his CD, but I'm going to play this for you right now because, to be honest, all you need is God in you. Put your healing hand on me. Touch 
praise. Join me at the altar. God is here. God is here. Love is here. You know, sometimes we feel that um, we've got to fix something that's not broke. The situation may be broken, and even you may be broken, but you can't fix something that's not broke. There are times in your life that you must rest assured and without any reasonable shadow of a doubt, understand that what God is doing in your life right now is bigger than you. There are times that we find ourselves feeling some kind of way about nothing. And I'll be the first to tell you, I know that feeling probably better than most of you, at least if you do know that feeling, I hope you don't know it to the extent I do, but if you do, you will understand. These are seasons and lessons in life that right now seem horrible. They seem like they offer you little, if any, good. But the truth be told, this is working for your good. This is a time in your life that we have to look deeper than the moment. We have to think beyond our circumstances and realize that there is beauty in our ashes. There's a preparation in the process, and that preparation exists in a way and in a time and in a state that no other, no other condition other than the one that you are experiencing right now would be able to help you to move where God is taking you. Trial by fire is a hell of a thing. But that's where you are right now. You're in the midst of the refiner's fire, and this situation is renewing you. It is removing from you crutches and handicaps that you have previously used basically to hinder your growth not helping. You know, when I looked at that letter and I look back and I think about what I went through in losing my mother, you know, what I didn't tell you was when my father died. That wasn't exactly a bed of roses either. What I didn't tell you is when that little boy died, nine years old, that wasn't a bed of roses. When I watched my daughter lose my granddaughter, that was not a bed of roses. But I'm here to tell you that in loss, there is gain. I'm going to repeat that. In your loss, there is gain. Now write this down. What am I gaining in strength from what I have lost? I'm going to repeat this again. What am I gaining in strength from what I have lost? If your husband left you, if your wife left you, if they don't want to try no more, are you? what are you gaining? Because you may, I guarantee you you're gaining more than you're losing. Right now, I said earlier, you're learning to appreciate time. What really matters is money what really matters, or is it what you do with it that really matters? Hmm, that's another one, ain't it? In the words of my late grandfather, that'll preach. <laughs> but, you know, in this, within this place, You know, one of my favorite poems is Invictus. And when I look at that poem, it brings to mind courage. You know, I think about it, and and it's one of the things that I like to say when I lecture to young, a lot of college students and to a lot of young people. And they uh, they will ask me, you know, Doc, what does that mean? You know, when I heard what you said, what does it mean? And when I thought about Invictus as a poem, and I'll say it to you uh, in a second, but I want to set this up right because I want you to get something out of it. When I look at what brought about somebody writing Invictus or something like the 23rd Psalms, it makes you think at a much deeper level than you've probably ever thought before. It makes you wonder that when the writer penned what they were writing, what were they going through? 
You know, Invictus goes something like this, and it's off the top of my head, but it's out of the night that covers me, black as a pit from pole to pole. I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. What do you have to be going through to define your soul as unconquerable? And then it says, in the fell clutch of circumstance, I have winced nor cried aloud. That means you probably are wincing where nobody can see you, and you probably are screaming where nobody can hear you. But to finish that verse, it says, in the fell clutch of circumstance, I have winced nor cried aloud under the bludgings of chance. My head is bloody, but unbowed. Does, does you, that doesn't mean somebody to bust your head open to the white meat, but to me what that is suggesting is that, you know what, you have no clue how deep this is cutting me, how deep this hurts. Then it says, beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the mints of the years find and shall find me unafraid. In other words, even though right now, it seems there's nothing beyond this moment where you're crying and where you're hurting and where you're in pain. I'm here to tell you, it's birthing a courage in you. It's, tr- it's birthing something in you where l- the way that you live your life becomes more important than life itself. The last part of that poem, if I get it wrong, please don't write me, but I think it says it matters not how straight the great are, uh, how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And when William Ernst Kenley wrote that, I'm quite sure he was not having a good day. As a matter of fact, right now you're probably not having a good day. But I'm telling you on my mother's grave that this day, is going to change how you live the rest of your life, especially if you put this into play. And for those of you, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get religious. You guys know I'm a spiritual dude. As much as I cuss, you already know I'm not religious. But the truth is, when, when David wrote the 23rd Psalm, and for my friends that are Buddhist and Hindu and uh, practicing other religions, Brothers and sisters, just listen to this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, God has already supplied my needs. In the midst of this mess, I still know that I'm blessed. And then it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. In other words, don't forget about all the good that's taking place. Don't get so caught up into this moment where you don't caught this fool cheating on you again, where you've actually had to accept that, okay, you've got cancer, that your daughter is dying, your son is dying, that your son may not be part of your life anymore. Know that despite it all, there's a blessing inside what appears to be this curse. It says, he restores my soul and leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. What does that mean? That What that means is, you know, when you think you can't take another step, God has already started picking you up and he's carrying you. Push forward. And then it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Sometimes doesn't it feel like the circumstances are about to take you out? And they probably, if you don't watch it, if you ain't careful, if you don't stop feeling sorry for your damn self, these circumstances will take you out. But know this, the next thing he said is, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. In other words, some battles you don't have to fight. So stop trying to fight this one. And this one I learned last couple of weeks. It says, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes God will sit you right next to folk that you think love you, that say they love you, that you think are your friends, that they say they have your back, that they say, you know what, let me help you. Well, if you really want to help me, stop pressuring me while you know I'm under pressure. Stop asking me for things you know I don't have. Stop taking things from me that you know I need. And sometimes when you can't stand up for yourself, God is going to stand up for you. 
I mentioned to you earlier, I said, you know what? I had, the last three weeks, I've had some of the weirdest stuff happen to me from, you know, being just weird stuff. I won't even go into it because I'm not going to, what you meditate on and talk about, you're energized, so I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to take you to the good part of it. The last thing that David said in this thing is, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Don't you know that anything that follows you sooner or later is going to overtake you? At this very moment, I want you to stop running from what you think is pursuing you. And I want you to turn around, look it in the face, and say, oh, hell no, it ain't going to be no more of this. I'm not going to cry another damn tear. I'll be damned. You can't steal my joy. Stop allowing your joy to get taken from you. Stop allowing loss to be what defines you. If someone passed away, celebrate their life. Quit mourning it. They're in a better place than you. Hell, they ain't got to pay taxes and they can't get sick. Or they can't be arrested and they don't give a damn what nobody has to say. Death is not all that bad if you look at it from the right angle. Because to be honest with you, as a metaphysician, I have a master's in metaphysics. There is no such thing as death anyway. All you do is go from one dimension to another. So if you're mourning death, ain't nobody died. They're just not in that body no more. If you're mourning the fact that someone is no longer part of your life, stop tripping. It'll be okay because when that man found you, you wasn't looking for one. Or when you were trying to find a woman, that wasn't the only woman God made. What I'm saying to you is purely this. It's going to be okay. It already is okay if you accept it. If you stop being so mad at your own creator and being mad at God and, and living in your past. I have a few clients still on my books that call me, and every time I talk to them, it's something wrong. And I just want to look at them, and I, sometimes I, I wish I could love people enough to where I could just love them into knowing that you don't have to be miserable all the damn time. So I'm telling you, yes, you, you that's listening to this right now, you do not have to continue hurting all the damn time. You're choosing to wallow in misery rather than walk in victory. You're choosing to be stymied and stagnated in despair rather than stepping up in the stardom. This is the time in your life that you and only you can declare that which you deserve. I've told you how to manifest things. I said, write it on paper. This is what I desire. And then after whatever you wrote, beneath it wrote why you desire it. I want this because, say, I want blank, and I want blank, and I want blank, and I want all of that because. And if you would take authority over your life, if you would stop allowing these pity partying people that you have started hanging out with, try to say that real fast four times, pity partying people, ain't that something? But, you know, tell these folks, get the hell away from me. I don't want to be miserable no more. You might want to be miserable. I don't like it. Sometimes you have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sometimes you have to tell somebody, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this with you no more. Mama's gone. Daddy's gone. Your father left me. I want you to love your father. I don't like his ass, but I want you to love him. I want you to respect your mother. I don't respect her, but I need you to. That's your mama. And live in the present and stop allowing the past to hold you hostage. There are times in your life that you must make your mind up to be victorious. You know, I concern myself very little with what other people think of me. You know, there was a time years ago where if you lied on me, and especially in, with modern technology, people can lie on you real good because people believe what they read. They believe what they see. And it'll be the biggest lie. Just because somebody put it on the Internet does not mean it's true. 
and you have to know what's true about you. You cannot let other people continue to define who you are and who you are not. I made up my mind a long time ago. I was working with a man named Luther Vandross. I miss you, Luther. I was producing some little concerts and what have you, and Luther told me one day, he said, I don't read. I said, man, you killed it. He said, man, yeah, but uh, he said, you're my friend. Don't tell me that. And I'm and I like, what's wrong with him? And he said, I don't mean any disrespect, but if I ever start needing somebody to tell me I did well, and if I ever start believing them, I'm going to need them to tell me that over and over again. And the day that they tell me I didn't do well and the day that they don't pat me on my back, I won't be able to get up and do what I need to do. So I just don't need nobody to tell me how good I am. And I'm telling you right now, you don't need nobody to tell you how bad you are or how good you are. You don't need, if if mama's gone, if your husband's gone, God rest their soul. Bless them. But you're still here for a reason. Phone, keeping on. You got to push, push forward. This is a season in your life to be present. This is a season in your life to find a reason. If you can't help yourself, help somebody else. You may be able to give them 4 or $5. You may be able to just comfort them in a time of need. You may be able to just sit there and listen and not know what to say, but sometimes that's all they need is somebody to shut the hell up and listen to them. So that's the perfect gift. You don't know when you're leaving here. So now you might want to ask yourself, what am I doing with my life? The third thing, or fourth, or whatever number we're on, write that down. What am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? Are you helping somebody? Even if they don't appreciate it, just help them. God will bless you. Are you encouraging someone? Are you letting somebody know that you love them? Are you saying thank you to people? Are you allowing people to sit and talk about somebody like a dog when you could stand up and say, you know what, I know that man, and it ain't true. One day somebody says something about my about Rudy. He's a friend of mine, and he's also a pastor. I'm not one of them, that's my pastor. I ain't that kind of, I ain't no trick for no, I'm not getting pimp like that. But the truth of it is, I know Rudy. And somebody said something about Rudy one day, and I said, I know Rudy. You lying. I know Rudy. Hell, I wish some of y'all would take up for me. (laughs) But if you don't, that's okay, because I'm going to take up for myself. And you need to take up for yourself. You need to take up for yourself when time and circumstances are telling you you ain't going to make it. You need to say the devil is a lie. When these people tell you, you know what, you ain't going to be shit without me in your life, and I said it, I'm sorry, but I'm just being honest, you need to tell them, yeah, well, I tell you what, child, if you are what defined me, I'm doing, I'm already a step ahead because I don't need you, and let the doorknob hit you where the dog should have bit you. I'm glad you're gone. Go. Bye. See you. Deuces. You must learn that God wants you to be happy. He said, I came so you could have life and life more abundantly. So how are you living is the question. And what are you living is another question. Are you living in purpose? Are you living in despair? Are you living in misery? I'm going to say this little quick prayer before we get out of here. Father in heaven, I want you to bless my friend and I right now. They're in a place where they feel that nobody's there. They feel nobody cares that the whole world has just walked away, leaving them holding the bag. And some days they're even questioning, do you care? So, Father, I'm asking you to show them that you care. I'm asking you. I'm demanding. You said command you, provoke you, dare you, here with this very day, that you would not open up the windows of heaven and pour them out a blessing they wouldn't otherwise receive. 
Father, I'm not only asking that you pour them out a blessing, I'm asking that you give them strength and renew their strength and let it mount up like on the wings of eagles and let them fly into the light. Father, give them whatever it is they don't need, they don't have. So meet them at their need, whether that need is financial, whether that need is emotional, whether that need is psychological, whether it's to protect and repair their reputation, whether it's to defeat their enemies and suppress the critics. Whatever they need, Father, do it. And if it's a broken heart because someone has taken their heart and walked over it and bruised it, heal them. And let them love themselves the way that you love them. And, Father, before the next 24-hour passes, would you please give them an irrefutable sign that they have your power, your grace, your mercy, and your divine love on their side. In Jesus' name, amen. All right? Now, here's what I want you to do for yourself. Today, get your butt up and take a bath and get out the house. And if you're at work, take a different way home. Do You can't keep doing the same thing, expecting things to change. Stop going to the cemetery, whether it's a physical cemetery or an emotional cemetery. Stop going. Now, go to the D. Von Young website. Make sure you register. Make sure you go to the D. Von Young fan page and make sure you hit the button that says like or if it's my personal page, it says follow, you know, hit that. And I'm going to tell you something, dear one. I love you madly. This may seem like it's one of the most difficult days in your life, but the very thing you feel was sent to curse you is the exact same thing that God is going to use to bless you. Now, going out, We're going to do this differently. I want you to know God is already here, and I'm going to play a song by my dear friend again, Mr. Brian Courtney Wilson, just for you. I'm here for you. If you need me, hit me up on Facebook, you know, call the 800 number, schedule an appointment and some time, stop investing in shoes and in bags of hair and invest in you. Anyway, like I said, I'm here for you. You are not alone. I love you madly. Now, here's Brian Cartney Wilson singing Already Here. I will see you guys on Sunday night at 7.30, but don't cut the radio off yet. Check this out.
You're here. 